Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't have no goddamn cookie? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't have no? And I'm telling your short ass he can't have no goddamn milk cookie. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. It is, uh, what the fuck day is it? It is July 5th, 2018. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, what is it, a fucking Thursday? Thursday? Yeah, it, my days are all fucked up because, you know, um, I work six days a week. So whenever I have like a half day because of a holiday or something, it feels weird. It feels like, uh, half, half a day off, you know? So it kind of feels like Sunday because that's my day off. And then, uh, I don't know, it's just strange. So, uh, I'm a little whacked out as far as my days go. Um, 
haven't done a show in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, that's kind of the way I've been going lately, though. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, it's kind of commonplace for me to not be uh, on top of this show anymore. Uh, you know, it, it's a hobby. You know, I, I do enjoy doing it, but uh, it's 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 not an every week thing. So um, you know, take them as they come. Uh, you know, as long as people are enjoying it in some capacity and. I'm sure I'll keep doing it. Um, at least I think so. Um, let me see. I'm trying to make sure that this motherfucker is recording because uh, one never knows. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, lots to get into. Um, I think I the last show I did was slightly before my uh, bone frog race. I did the uh, the Bone Frog Tier One race in Stanhope, New Jersey, which was uh, they have a challenge race, they have a sprint race, and then uh, the Tier One is the two of them combined. Uh, so I did the Tier One, and I came in second in my age group, which I was very very happy. That's the highest I've ever placed in any race. Um, you know, when I get to this point, you know, 40 years old you know, pushing myself physically and stuff. And I'm able to actually accomplish something like that to me. And then, you know, there was no, um, there was no age group prizes or anything like that on this race. Of course, you know, the one that, the one that I would podium in my age group, uh, you know, no age group prizes, but either way, like I, I couldn't be happier with that type of thing. Um, I did the course in two, two hours, 25 minutes. Um, like I said, age place, second overall place 33rd uh gender place 28 and um yeah i I, you know there's about 50 obstacles combined you know because you have to do the part of the course twice because of the sprint and the challenge um i i nailed all the fucking obstacles this is like such uh an intense upper body obstacle course um last year i did um the same race and um i busted my ass on this one obstacle they have like um kind of like helicopter blades there's like four handles and they spin and you gotta grab them and it spins and then you gotta grab the next one and it spins Uh, so it's it's mostly technique i mean obviously a lot of upper body and grip but um yeah it's, it's it's a lot of technique and last year i got through two of the blades and uh after the second one, I, um, someone actually yelled some shit. Like they, I guess they saw my Niner tattoo and were like, yo Niners. And like, I fucking got distracted. I kind of like looked. And then when I went to make the next transfer to the next thing, I just fucking slipped and, and busted my ass. I felt like on my hip and ass, like shit hurt. But, um, yeah, I popped up and it was right towards the end of the race and I did all right. Um, there was another obstacle, that came up like shortly after that. And after like fawn and stuff, I was like, there's no fucking way. Um, it's kind of like monkey bars, but they dip down. They like loop down and back up, you know what I mean? So you got to go like down it. Like it's just pretty tough. That, that was last year, you know? So after I fell in and then, uh, I skipped that one. And then I did the last monkey bar stretch, which is like, I think like 25 feet up in the air. So it's like a pretty cool visual. Um, you know, there's like a net type thing if you do fall, um, you know, 25 feet. So, um, but this year I, I nailed every single fucking obstacle. I nailed those fucking blades, uh, everything all, it, it was awesome. So I felt really good about myself. Um, 
you know, that that was that. I accomplished exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to go out there and just fucking kill it. And and I definitely felt good about my performance. So uh, on to the next. I have um on the 14th, I have the Super Spartan, which is in like, um, where the fuck is that? It's like in the Poconos area, Palmerton. I think that's what it's called, Palmerton. Uh, that that fucking race is brutal. Every year I've done it, it, it's so fucking. It's one of the hardest races because it's almost always like ninety degrees, and on the mountain it's dry as shit, and uh, it's just brutal. Like there's no shade. Like the sun is just beating the shit out of you on the side of this mountain while you go uphill like steep ass uphills and, uh, you know, carrying shit half the time and, uh, grueling fucking obstacles. I mean, they really bust your ass on that fucking super because the super is like the beast, you know, which I did in April, but they pack the same amount of obstacles into a shorter amount of distance. So you don't really, you don't really benefit too, too much. And that Palmerton Mountain is supposed to be just one of the toughest in the country as far as races go. So, um, and then you add July to it. So it, it, it's fucking brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And then uh, a week later, I have Tough Mudder in Long Island. So I'm I'm back to back weeks to finish my race season out. And then I start back on fucking tattoo appointments soon after that. I'm looking forward to all this shit I got coming up. Uh, summer is my fucking favorite time of year. I, I love this weather. When you go outside and it feels like a fucking blanket's covering you. I don't know. Maybe I'm mental, but I like that shit. Um, yeah, the, the sweating and all that. The, to me, it's, it's fucking, it's way better than that freezing cold shit. I hate it. I hate the cold. I don't like the, the wet rain shit. So, uh, wet rain. That's kind of like redundant, but you know, what can you do? Um, so yeah, that, that was that. Um, let me see. I got a bunch of shit to get into. Uh, I, I guess I could. The other thing I could get into is my um, <laughs> um, I'm just laughing because uh, <laughs> someone posted uh th- this uh this meme of uh Magic Johnson's kid, and uh, it says some shit like um. He's he's like leaning against a pole, and he said, "Meanwhile, magic, magic son waiting on LeBron, like you know what I mean." And he's he's looking ridiculous. So I had to quote Artie Lang, and I said, "That's tragic, Johnson." And people, people are like, "Oh, you ain't shit." I don't know. That that's that's been one of the funniest jokes as far as uh, Magic Johnson's son, uh, Artie Lang calling him Tragic Johnson. So I don't know. Um. So anyway, uh, what was I saying? So I got all these races coming up. Love the fucking summer. Uh, Pepper's growing out there. I'm starting to get a little bit of production on them. But, um, you know, it seemed like they started out late because we had, like, this fucking winter that didn't want to go away. Temperatures weren't staying up. So I had to keep the peppers in for uh, a while before I transplanted them outside. Um, now these, these plants are full. They're, like, such a good dark green. They're probably the best-looking plants I've ever had. It's just I would say they're about, like, a month behind, like, if you see Boogie Rag Joe shit out there. They're, like, a month behind his shit. We're in the same state, and I have no idea, but this dude's, like, magic with fucking plants. Um, But, yeah, they're, like, about a month behind his. So I'm hoping, like, fucking late July I should be loaded up with peppers popping off this thing. And then, uh, you know, hopefully the whole month of August and September, I just fucking produce because, uh, 
Yeah, the the seasons are short in Jersey. I mean, you got to nail it, and you know you, you have no time for bullshitting when it comes to uh, you know, growing peppers in Jersey because they love the hot weather. So your window is small. I mean, they'll they'll keep producing into September and October, but at that point, the plants start struggling because of the temperatures dropping at night. Um, so then, uh, I had another experience uh, this past week where uh, I fucking wound up in the hospital. I could talk about all this athletic shit, right? And it's all fucking sounds like a unstoppable force. And uh, so I wake up the one morning, just like any other morning, and uh, I eat my breakfast, which my breakfast every morning is the same. I eat six eggs and I eat um, a half a cup of oatmeal. And um, lately I've been putting a shot of MCT oil in my oatmeal because, you know, it's a good fat and, uh, you know, benefits you in a lot of ways. So um, we'll get back to the MCT oil in a minute um, on, on why that didn't work out for me that day. So I eat breakfast. All right. I got to go take a shower. I'm in the shower and uh, I start to get like these sharp pains in my stomach. And they're weird, like pains were like i didn't do any ab stuff the day before but it felt like it could be like abdominal pain like like ab muscle pain didn't feel like like a, a you know upset stomach or any kind of shit i've ever really felt before so i'm like you know i finish showering it's, it's it's tolerable but it's like you know and uh i'm getting dressed and this pain is just getting fucking worse and worse and i got a little bit of time before i gotta leave for work so i was like you know what I got dressed. Let me go lay down for a little bit and, you know, see if this shit passes. You know, I don't know what the fuck it is, but so I lay down and the fucking pain is just shooting like fucking knives into my, uh, knives into my stomach and, um, mostly on the left side. And, uh, I'm just like, fuck man, like this shit is getting worse and worse. Um, so I laid there for a while and then, um, like out of nowhere, I just got nauseous, went back to the bathroom, threw up my fucking breakfast, and then, uh, the pain didn't stop, though, because, again, it, it never felt like an upset stomach, other than, like, the minute I felt nauseous, and was like, oh, fuck, and, but that was the only time the entire fucking day I felt nauseous at all, and, um, that was that, so I go, and I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, my stomach will calm down now, or whatever the case is, but it never felt like, like, fucking stomach ache, so, pain just kept shooting and shooting and I was like fuck man I gotta go to urgent care so I went over there they did a you know they did x-rays they pushed on my stomach a bunch they asked a bunch of questions um you know all of that shit and then uh they're like yeah we're we're a little concerned because we don't see anything in the x-ray uh you would really need a cat scan of blood work and stuff like that and uh we're a little concerned with you know the amount of soreness that you have in your abdomen still for you to be, you know, just okay if we, you know, we can't see anything. So they sent me to the ER. So I get to the ER, uh, really not a long wait in the, the waiting room portion of things. I mean, mind you, overall, I spent like fucking six, seven hours there, but waiting room wise, not too long. So maybe they're upgrading their system as far as getting you just into another room to wait earlier. I, I don't know how it goes. So I get into there, and um, I'm sitting there, you know, fucking, I, I, you meet, like, 25 fucking people when you go to the hospital, and it's like, 
the motherfuckers come in and they're like, oh, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm a fucking nurse practitioner. What's the deal? You tell them your whole fucking thing. Like, everything I just explained to you guys is exactly what I explained to 25 fucking people individually in the hospital. And they do all their deal. And then they leave and you never see them again. <laughs> fucking never again. It's fucking weird. It's like it's like a like a dial a date or one of those speed dating things, where they just pop in for a minute, and be like, all right, I'm not interested in that shit, and uh, they fucking move on. Um. So, it did that for a while. Then we had the the lady that comes in and does the fucking um. You know, they they figure out your uh, your billing information or whatever. So this motherfucker comes in. And she she's in there with her fucking little cart and keyboard and she's typing away. And uh, her first question to me is, "Can I mark your gender as male?" And and I'm just like, oh, "What the fuck, man? No, no, mark me as clownfish because my sex will be determined by um, how many males are in the room. Um, you know, if you don't know how the way a clownfish works, it's if uh, if the male in the in the school dies, one of the females will." change into a male and that that's how they continue to exist they're uh, i guess asexual and uh it really depends on the amount of males in the school to depend the sex of the other the fish so that's that's how i felt i i wanted to be labeled um i didn't tell her that this is something i thought of minutes later as as i sat there pondering why you know with my beard and everything else i guess the this is 2018, man. It's like, you don't know. You can't judge. You can't just, like, like you must be a male, man. Fucking bullshit, man. I, I can't take it. I don't give a fuck if people call it non-political correctness or, uh, you know, whatever that's uh, not PC, whatever. I, I don't give a fuck, man. Fuck this 2018 bullshit. Enough with people suing because you're supposed to expect that, like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe he's abroad. I mean, he looks like a dude, but, you know, maybe he's a chick because fucking that's 2018 now, man. Oh, fuck that shit. I don't like 2018. All right? I was born in 78. I know that's not that long ago. Scant 40 years ago. But it's it's long enough ago to be annoyed by what the fuck is going on these days. And I, I don't care. Anyone can have their own choice. Anyone could do what they want to do, be what they want to be and shit. But, like, to, to the point where, like, I, I can't walk into some place and be like, was it a man or a female? I don't know about that. You're going to have to ask him. Like, get the fuck out of here with this shit already. So, anyway, and then she asked, like, you know, how did you get here today? And at, at this point, after the, the, the can I mark your gender as male question, I'm starting to think, like, is she asking, like, how I got to this point in my life, how I fucking, <laughs> like, does she want the story I just told all these other motherfuckers, or what? So she wanted to know, like, ambulance, or did we drive there and shit, because, you know, I, that's billing shit. So then, uh, she goes into this whole thing where she's typing my fucking social security number in there, and it's rejecting it. Now, um, I'd say probably fucking ten years ago, more than ten years ago, I had changed my name. Like, my name is legally J. Cat Morris. Um, but I had changed my name. Um, my father was a piece of shit, and uh, I never really liked, you know, having his last name. You know, I hadn't seen him or talked to him since I was early teen. And um, at some point, same same goes for my brother. And uh, at some point, my mom said, hey, look, you know, I'll, I'll pay for the name change, you know, if you want to take on my maiden name. And I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, it was Morris, and, 
you know, it was, that was always half my family was Morris's and really the most fond part of my family was Morris's. Um, the entire side of my family that belonged to my dad cut me off with him, the, you know, in my early teens, like never saw a single member of that family on that side. And like some of them lived like two blocks away and it was just like complete cutoff shit. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was like a real like dead zone as far as that. Um, and, uh, J cat was my nickname for a long time, you know, with friends. Um, so to me, you know, it costs the same amount of money to change all three names as it, as it costs to just change your last name. So you might as well tailor your name the way you want it. And, uh, that's how, you know, I legally became J cat Mars. Um, so I've been waiting for Facebook to pull that bullshit on me. Like, Oh, a fake name or whatever. I'll fucking show them proof. Um, so anyway, uh, I've been changed for a long time and, and, you know, mind you, like I've been to the hospital a couple fucking times too, like since then. So she's starting to go in and she's like, I don't know, I don't know. And I see like the wheels turning in her head and trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. You sure that's your shit? And, uh, so I said, have you had any other names? I'm like, yeah, well here, here. And she's like, oh yeah, there it is. She's like, yeah, I don't know why, uh, you know, the system doesn't have you. Maybe you never updated. I'm like, look, I, I don't, you know, I, I I'm not really feeling good right now, and I don't really give a shit. Like I don't work here. I told her several times, like I don't work here. So whatever your problem is, it's really not my issue. I know you're gonna be able to bill me. There's not a chance in hell that I'm leaving here today, and you're not gonna figure out how to bill me based on what the fuck your system says. Like I cracked my head open last year on a fucking cage door at work. They knew who the fuck I was. Everything worked out. Uh, when fucking uh, the shit at TOD happened and I went to the ER when I got home and, you know, got the fucking baseball stitched on my arm. Uh, they know who the fuck I was then. They didn't have a problem building me then. Um, so like, I'm not really concerned with her bullshit that she's pulling today. You know what I mean? Like she, she's on some old dumb shit. And I, I got annoyed with her pretty quick. Cause look, I mean, there's the part of my stomach that hurt. The rest of me was just annoyed to be there. Cause I, I, you know, I'm not really big on that type of shit. I'm very easily inconvenienced. If you guys haven't noticed by this, this, uh, podcast and my, uh, lack of tolerance for things. Um, so we do that whole deal. Finally done with her. I'm in there for a while. They take blood. Uh, and, um, then they, they, uh, you know, they take a urine sample and shit. So they send me to the bathroom, obviously to do the urine sample thing. Fill a cup, whatever. Now they, they hook fluids up to me because they said, oh, well, you know, we don't want you to get dehydrated. So they're just pumping these fucking fluids into me. I'm sitting there, and after a little bit, I'm like, shit, I got to go to the bathroom again because, I mean, shit, you just pumped shit a lot of fluids in me. Why wouldn't I? Um, so, uh, so I'm like, all right, um, let me see. Man, I'm always, like, reading fucking responses to shit I say on, uh, Facebook during this show, and it just brings everything to a screeching halt. I wish I could stop doing that, but it's rough. Um, so what I saying? So then, so then, uh, so then I'm like, yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom. So I tell Nina, like, yo, like, can you get, uh, can you get a nurse to, to come up in here and, like, unhook me from this shit so I could go to the bathroom? The bathroom's, like, fucking 20 feet away. So... She goes and, I guess, talks to the first person she sees or whatever. So in comes this, like, fucking cleaning lady. Now I got, like, Consuela from fucking Family Guy 
<laughs> and she just looks and she goes, Oh no, I, I know do IV. I I know do IV. I give you a bottle. So she hands me like a bottle to piss in and like, no 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 that's not gonna fuck her. I, I'm not like fucking down and out where I'm gonna start pissing in bottles in this fucking bed, you know what I mean? So uh so then we had to get a nurse. And then by the time that nurse came, they were ready to wheel me to the next joint. They're like, oh, okay, you're going to have a private bathroom in there, this and that. They moved me over there. So they moved me over there. They hooked me, you know, to the, the pole thing with the, the, the fucking IV. So now I could wheel the shit around and, you know, use the bathroom. So we're all good. Now, they give me this shit that's uh, called contrast, I think. And they tell me, you got to drink this fucking jug of shit. And, uh, uh, everybody who I said this to were like, oh, the chalky shit. Like, I don't, I guess there's other shit that's chalky, but this, this specific stuff was not chalky. It was clear and it just tasted like real fucking medical. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain it. It just, it just tasted like I was drinking di- like a disinfectant or some kind of shit. Uh, it, it wasn't good. It didn't really have any kind of flavor. It didn't have any kind of shit going on. It, it just wasn't very good. Um, so they said, you got to drink that. And, um, it doesn't matter how long it takes you, but, um, when you get done with that, we wait a half hour and then we send you to get the CAT scan. So I did my best to get that shit down as fast as I could. Probably took me about a half hour though. Um, cause it was a lot of it. And it, it just like, when you started trying to chug it a little bit, like you'd feel like, mm, yeah, this isn't going to work out if I keep pounding this shit. So you'd probably make yourself sick. Um, plus there was someone like, within earshot, like, probably a room or two rooms away, that were just hacking their fucking, like, it sounded like they were throwing up, like, formula they ate as a fucking baby, and this person was probably 50, like, this is, like, how many years of fucking vomit were coming out of this person, and, of course, I gotta think, like, I wonder if they gave him the same shit to drink that I, (laughs) that I'm getting into right now, because if that's in my future, this is gonna suck. Uh, turns out it wasn't, um, they had some other problems apparently. Um, so they tell me like, yeah, drink the shit. And a half hour after, you know, we're going to do the thing. So as soon as you finish it, buzz, hit the button, to buzz, and we'll come in and then we'll know a half hour from then we'll get you over to the CAT scan. Right. So I finished the thing, hit the buzz again. Here comes a cleaning woman. Oh, what is, what is the problem? And, uh, I was like, ah, well, you know, I, I did this buzz when I finished the thing. And she's like, oh, I, I turned the light off for you. <laughs> and then she goes and hits the, you know, like the, the, the light that says like, hey, come check me out. Like, like the alert, like the thing I was supposed to hit so the, the lady would know that I was finished with the thing. Well, she did me the favor of shutting that off so then no one knew what the fuck was going on. So it was like another half hour passed. Then the lady pops in and. She's like, oh, you finished the thing? Yeah, in about a half hour or 40 minutes, we'll get you into that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, a half hour ago, I finished this shit. And she's like, okay, let me call down there. So finally, they get me down to the CAT scan thing, um, which is uh, it's pretty trippy if you've never done a CAT scan thing. It's it's like they put you on this like table, and it fucking thing spins around and fucking like brings you into this little tunnel thing. So they do that. They put me back in the room. And, uh, I mean, this, this takes like a fucking while. Um, then at some point this doctor comes in, she's, she, (laughs) she was comfortable as shit, man. I'm like five hours into this fucking excursion. I think this was actually before I did the CAT scan part. Uh, 
while I was waiting for the CAT scan. She comes in. And uh, she comes in there half looking like the chick that, that Bill Cosby supposedly raped that looks like Howard Stern. And uh, so, I mean, she comes in there. She fucking throws a leg up on my fucking bed like like a high school basketball coach and shit. Like, she's got a knee up and shit. Like, all right, here's, here's what we're going on. <laughs> here's the type of shit that could be going on. And, you know, she starts rambling off all the things that could be wrong with me. And then uh, I'm like, okay, you know, great. Uh, still have no answers because I didn't get the CAT scan yet. So, and then like she goes to walk out and she stops like dead in her fucking tracks and she's like, you know who you look like? I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, that actor. And then she starts like listing movies. I'm like, I, you know, I don't, I don't really even watch movies, so I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And she goes, Ethan Hawke. I'm like, I, I mean, I honestly don't even know who the fuck that is. I've heard the name before. I don't know who that is. She's like, I Google it. And so I Googled, I'm like, this motherfucker don't look like me at all. So I'm like, all right, there you go. I'm glad, I'm glad you had to drop that before you left. I'm like, so uh, it, it's just wild, the whole fucking experience. So they go do the CAT scan, whatever, fucking takes forever. Now I'm like convinced, like after the CAT scan, I'm waiting like 40 minutes for them to even give me like an answer or what happened or what it is or whatever. I'm thinking like, yeah, this, this chick is just waiting until it shifts over so someone else could break some fucking news to me or some shit. <laughs> like, I'm fucked. So, uh, nah, it turns out she comes in, she's like, um, it's, uh, masseteric adenitis, which is, uh, apparently it's like, um, swollen lymph nodes in the intestines. So I don't know how the fuck that happened. I don't know why the fuck that happened. Um, and they pretty much said just like a light diet for like a week. And, um, ibuprofen every four hours, like 600 milligrams where they, they wrote me a prescription for it, but it's ridiculous because 600 milligrams ibuprofen is fucking three ibuprofen. So if you buy a bottle of ibuprofen for like a dollar and change for a fucking hundred of them and you take three of them, I'm pretty sure that's going to cost a little bit different than your 600 milligram prescription fucking ibuprofen. So I didn't pick that one up. Um, also really didn't need it much. Like I, I, I kind of followed that just based off of their thing. Like that day I took like ibuprofen when I got home cause it was still sore. And then I think like the next morning I took some and then, and then that was it, you know, the light diet eh, that, that didn't really hold up so much. I, I cut off my normal, I eat normally a half pound of ground beef and uh brown rice on lunch. It was my breakfast and lunch every day are the same, you know, stay pretty strategic with that and then dinner I you know I do all sorts of different things and uh you know normal protein shakes and stuff you know in between and stuff but um yeah like I I did a little bit of like diet type stuff so I cut out like that part of like you know lunch that I normally eat and you know switch that up to something a little lighter but everything else is normal so a lot of the things that they listed like my breakfast even though by volume it's not a light diet because there's a lot of stuff Everything that's that's the eggs and the oatmeal, those are both considered, uh, I generally eat like the steel cut oatmeal, but um, those are considered like light diet items as far as, you know, maybe not by volume. But um, so the only thing that could have even triggered it that morning was the fucking MCT oil because they tell you to stay away from fats and stuff like that. And that was like, I put like, even though it's a good fat, I put pure fat into my fucking system. So that was something that I guess would definitely send that into overdrive uh coffee's the other thing but coffee's something 
I mean, I'm pretty used to that. And I drank that even the next day after they said not to. And I think I'd stop for a fucking cold brew like that night. So, um, cause that's, that's my thing. I either have to have my fucking pre-workout if I'm, if I'm hitting the gym, but if it's an off night, I got to hit like the fucking Dunkin' Donuts cold brew. So yeah, I got to keep the caffeine fucking balanced. Cause if, if I slip off and, you know, don't have my night caffeine or whatever, then I just fucking have a headache the next day. So, so there's that. Um, you know, so it was, uh, you know, a little bit of a fucking trip out there for no fucking, well, I mean, it was for a reason, but just, just a waste. $115 as we speak now, just on copays. God knows what the fucking bill is going to come out as, uh, because who knows with the insurance and deductibles and shit like that, I'll wind up owning a fucking. <sighs> who fucking knows? I'm not even gonna think about it. Um, so there's that. A lot of fun. Um, let me see. Uh, Brian Woods is fucking terrible. Um, he he did some shit on a uh, Colt 45. Uh, is another deathmatch guy. And I guess they were trying, like, a looked like kind of supposed to be a razor's edge off the um, the ring apron through, like, a car hood set up in between fucking chairs or some kind of shit. And uh, the dude, you know, came from, like, like, a torture rack type of positioning. And he, he looked like he was, like, adjusting him over to, like, a razor's edge and then, like, having him almost there just kind of bailed out and just threw him on the fucking floor, like... He never, like, posted both arms up. He just kind of fucking tossed them on the ground. And uh, from what I hear, he, like, half-blamed fucking Cole 45 for it, which is a wild fucking move after you almost kill someone to be like, yeah, it was his fault. <laughs> like, fucking... But uh, Brian Woods is fucking absolutely terrible. Um, he's another one of those dudes that's built, like, trash. Like, it, it's just crazy. Like, when I saw him initially at 2015 King of the Death match, I thought this fucking guy was good. He had a match with... um uh, JC horror. And, um, it was another dude who I, who I thought a little bit more of the, the first time I saw him, uh, they, they really, they went all out. They did a bunch of crazy shit. It was a fans bring the weapons match. So it didn't really call for like a ton of wrestling and like execution of moves. There was so much crazy shit in the ring that they were able to do a lot of just fucking smashing each other with shit and a little bit of slam into this and that. And they made it work really well, where it's like, these are two sick motherfuckers. And I think Brian Woods had, like, a match with, um... I want to say he had a match with Green Phantom non-tournament the second day. Some shit like that. Um... But ever since then, I've seen this dude and... I mean, he's gone from, you know, another thing that I hate is he's done the fucking GoFundMe. He's, like, hurt himself doing silly shit in the ring and then fucking cried to the Facebook and the the internet about he can't pay his bills because he's out of his normal job. Well, the, the fucking, you can't do the craziest shit on the planet and then cry when you get fucking hurt doing dumb shit. Like, that's kind of your decision. And if you have, like, a regular job that means something to you, then maybe you should fucking take care of yourself that's not the fans obligation if you you fuck it up you know so um i definitely lost respect for him when he did that whole gofundme bullshit um beyond that like every time i've seen him on a card uh, i've watched the match and he just botches shit every single fucking match 
And, he, like, he's a big, tall dude, so he really should have the strength to, behind him to not be dropping people and doing silly shit like that. But he's just consistently fucking just reckless and just just does dumb shit. He did some kind of fucking, like, crazy-ass moonsault and shit and almost killed somebody at a fucking... What the hell was that? Guardians of Hardcore at the um, IWA Mid-South one that they did. I forget what it was, but he did some silly, silly shit. I think even the finish of the match that he had looked like complete trash. Um, he, he's not a guy who I think anyone should really be booking as far as uh, death matches or anything goes. He just he makes everything look bad. Um, so, yeah, he, he almost killed that kid. And uh, that was not a smooth Colt 45. That was a <laughs> that was a rough Colt 45. Not no Billy D on, on that shit. Um fuck um let me see okay i gotta go pull this up so sozio uh buried fucking danny damano and uh joey janela and those guys which i enjoyed quite a bit um he more or less played the part of jcat because uh, i've been saying the shit that you know and we, we talk quite a bit so i mean we we see eye to eye on these fucking things and I, Joey deleted me from Facebook because I called him fat too many times on my fucking podcast. So it, it's commonplace. And, and, you know, everybody should know my history as far as Danny DeMano. And I, I fucking buried him. You know what's funny is I buried DeMano on my show. I had people who now currently work for him hitting me up in the fucking private messages telling me how fucking awesome it was and how they don't want to say it. But I'm fucking right about 100% of it. And, uh, I had more wrestlers hitting me up fucking praising me for shitting on Demano than probably anything I've ever done on this show. So it shows you the type of respect he has in the business, but, um, it's funny to me. So anyway, uh, Brandon Kirk posts some shit saying, uh, can't wait to see all the online wrestling vets who have done nothing with their career. Tell me how unsafe I am. So Sozio chimes in and goes, I just want you to locate and spend some time in the weight room, but considering the ses- success of people like Janela, I guess looking good in wrestling is a thing of the past. You have potential. Now take it to the next step and get yourself looking TV ready. No bitterness, just reality. And sometimes it's hurtful. You got this cuz. So he says like, Oh, you know, I love you or whatever. Um, Damano chimes in and goes, does writing no bitter. Does writing no bitterness supposed to negate the fact that you look like a jealous cunt even writing this? And then Kirk, like the usual puppet, licks your balls after you're done. Uh, And then Joey follows up by saying, Hey, Sozio, let's talk in 10 years, bud. I'll invite you to dinner to see what it actually looks like to make money in professional wrestling. Uh, Sozio comments with... uh, you mean enough money to still be living home with your mommy? Yeah, you're right, but you'll be dead in 10 years, so I'll take that dinner now if you want. And then he posted the meme that he made a while back of Damano, uh, where Damano posted in 2015, he was 379 pounds, 2016, 208 pounds, and November 2017, he was predicting dead. But uh, he said, uh, damn, maybe this year, and he's got his fingers crossed emojis. So, um, just to comment on what was said thus far, um, 
See, that's the thing. Like, Joey takes, like, high offense to that, and he's, you know, he's over there counting his fucking money before he makes it. And look, Joey's a talented fucking dude. And, you know, I was a huge Joey Janela fan off of, you know, what he did in the ring and what, what he continues to do in the ring. He takes crazy fucking risks. He's got a lot of charisma. But he really started getting on some just, like, he started thinking, like, train wreck shit is cute. Like... The whole mentality of like, oh, who gives a fuck? Yeah, eating fucking tacos in the middle of the night and fucking drunk, man. Like, that shit's cool to people who are currently doing it. Like, if you're fucked up, it's cool that people are fucked up. When you're not fucked up, you look at the people who are like, man, you're on some bullshit right now, but uh, good luck with that. You know, you, you really don't see the type of shit you're doing until you're not. You know, and that that's why like I'm I'm very judgmental of people. You know, I've seen I've seen the, the bad side of things and I've seen you know, where it gets you and it really gets you nowhere. You just I mean and and, and you know, that's me. Like me, like I, I had, you know, the addiction problems and stuff to to speak from experience as far as where my shit was. Not to say that Joey's anything even remotely close to me, you know, as far as um, any of it, you know, any of it as far as addiction or anything like that. Um, I, I don't know that he's an addict in any way. I just don't think he pushes himself at all. Um, I think he's, his potential is great. And I, I think he's, um, he's wasting it a hundred percent. He's over there filling up his bump card as they call it, taking bumps all over the place, getting over, doing a lot of cornball shit online, trolling people and this and that. You know, all that. I mean, whatever, whatever's fun to him, that's fine. But the way he cares for his body is garbage, complete garbage. And if he thinks that that window is going to stay open forever, you know, yeah, yeah, they brought in Chris Hero. Chris Hero looks fat as fuck, but what are they doing with him? He's sitting on the fucking NXT roster eternally. Like, it, they, they don't seem to be pushing him for shit. So I don't know. I don't know that Joey goes to the WWE and suddenly makes an enormous impact. I don't know that, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I wish him the best, but I mean, as long as you walk around looking like a fat slob, man, I, I'm going to talk about it. Uh, it's, it is what it is, man. If you live a certain type of life, man, own that shit, be what the fuck you are, but don't be mad when people bring it up. You created that shit. You, you can't be mad when people acknowledge the image that you created. Uh, I mean... When I, when I was living a bullshit life and being drunk all the time and fucking wilding out on fucking Facebook and fighting people on Facebook and shit, including Joey. I had an exchange with Joey because Joey was the fucking, he, he was uh, one of the ringleaders over there at PWS. And I had problems with uh, Tap Out and Buck argue, arguments with them. And then Joey's fucking jumped in, started threatening me. We went back and forth, all of this. And then, um, you know, years later... I saw him wrestling um, Jersey All-Pro, and we ended up talking, and I said, you know, hey, man, like, years ago, you said you wanted to fucking fight me and this and that, and, uh, look, man, I'm not I'm not beyond that type of thing, but in the same token, like, I don't have any problems with you now. I feel like uh, the whole issue was over a place that you don't even work anymore, and he's like, nah, nah, we're good, man. Fuck those guys. So, you know, that's that's where, like, how my relationship with Joey, as far as a fan, you know, goes. Um, that's how the whole thing started and, and everything else. But, you know, I, I don't, I never, it, well, in retrospect at the time, sure. I took it personally, but in retrospect, 
I couldn't hold it against a single fucking person that deleted me or fucking walked away from me then because I was living bullshit life as far as my, what I put out there and my image and, and, um, you know, what I presented to people. I was drunk all the fucking time on the internet and, you know, at night. So that, that's just, you know, I kind of view people the same way. Like if I don't, if I don't respect what you're doing, I'm not going to be shy about it. There's no reason for me to protect your feelings based on, you know, you deciding to live a bullshit life. So, but anyway, that's, that's long winded, but anyway, uh, then, uh, Damano says, bitter Niles Young, known best for the women that cheated on him. At least I know we're entertaining a lot of people. And then Sozio says, uh, which one? You know I'm a sucker for rats. I'd rather be known as that than being one of the biggest pieces of shit in indie wrestling. But yeah, I guess I'm bitter for telling a kid with potential to look like a wrestler, but you wouldn't know anything about that either. So then uh, Damano says, I'd rather be known as a piece of shit than a sucker. Can you remind me when you looked like a wrestler and was it any good? And again, like, you know, Damano at this point is just, you know, he's treading fucking water because um, obviously Sozio was in good fucking shape, you know, towards, especially towards the fucking end uh, when he was doing the whole front thing and everything else. He really whipped himself into some good shape, but, uh, you know, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, you know, Sozio said some more shit, you know, back and forth a little bit. But, um, I just thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> Sozio ended it saying, all right, man, you win. I, I can see this isn't our, worth our time and it's going nowhere. Let me know in advance before you go to murder-suicide route so I could be the first to RIP Danny DeMano and pretend to give a fuck. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But, um... Yeah, you know, it's just, these these type of people talk this shit online that, you know, uh, Joey, Joey gets into this shit with people and he gets all fucking bitter and I, I just, I just wish he would focus on himself instead of worrying about who's calling him fat and, and getting so offended about that shit, you know? Um, and, and this is, I mean, it's only about Joey because fucking, uh, Niles threw him under the bus, but I don't know. Um, I, I thought the whole shit was funny, though. Um, let me see. LeBron to L.A. Fucking awesome. Um, I, I love this. I, I wanted one of two things to happen. I wanted him to either stay in Cleveland or go to L.A. Um, I used to be a Laker fan, so heading back west to me is perfectly fine. I already got Laker jerseys. I got a Carl Malone Laker jersey, a Kobe, a multiple Shaqs. So the LeBron jersey will be on the fucking way. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of this. Obviously, you know, will he be ready first year? Will he be up in there first year fucking winning a title? I don't know about that. Um, they have some uh, some pieces to fill in there. But, you know, L.A. being a historical franchise the way they are, they're going to make a fucking point to do everything they can to get LeBron the the supporting cast that he needs you know what i mean so i'm excited um all right uh two other things before i uh move on to the questions and shit other people's topics um rest in peace of vader vader died and um you know just an iconic name in wrestling 
he's just one of those dudes that was a legit bad motherfucker in wrestling. Uh, had a, had a sub, just substantial presence. Uh, one of the best big men ever. And uh, yeah, it's it's a shame. You know, I don't have a whole ton to say, but um, yeah, rest in peace, Vader. Uh, another guy who died, who um, you know, some people have nice things to say about him, which is weird, is uh, Joe Jackson. Uh, fuck that guy. Uh, th- this is the thing. Now, I I don't know that many people that would agree with me as far as Michael Jackson. I personally don't think Michael Jackson ever did shit to those kids. Um, I think Joe Jackson mentally damaged uh, Michael. And, and I'm sure the rest of those kids, too. But Michael was the one with the, you know, millions upon millions of dollars and all the fame in the world that he couldn't even handle. Um, Joe Jackson used to beat the shit out of those kids. He used to have them dance and, uh, you know, rehearse dancing. And he'd stand there with a belt in his hand. And if fucking any one of them fucked a dance move up, he fucked them up. Like, that was what he did. Uh, he'd always make fun of, uh, Michael's fucking nose and, and Janet's nose and talk all sorts of shit about how their nose looked and how fat their noses were. So it's no surprise whatsoever that in the long run, they would fucking shave their goddamn noses off. Um, a lot of this shit, you know, was really, uh, uh, he laid the groundwork for them to be fucked up. You know, he, he beat the shit out of them. All all sorts of crazy shit that he did that, that just tortured their fucking child. He removed their childhood. They did not have a childhood. So when this fucking guy, he, he became such a multi-fucking millionaire, he, he fucking reverted back. And he started with the fucking, you know, amusement parks and the fucking animals and the, you know... All the shit that, like, a kid would really be into. But he tried, He was trying to fucking recapture his fucking childhood. He was trying to remove his fucking identity. Despite the fact that millions and millions of people loved him all over the place and the amount of talent he had. He was trying to remove his fucking identity. His image, his fucking look, everything he could remember about being a child, he was trying to remove and replace with a new childhood as an adult. That's how much this fucking scumbag father of his fucked his head up and and i honestly do think that he was trying to give other kids childhood memories that would fucking that that they could fucking carry on that 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 weren't you know abuse because again like i i don't think i think he was fucking weird i i think he was mentally fucking damaged yeah like he wanted to have sleepovers with the kids and shit because again that type of shit wasn't allowed. Hey, can my friend sleep over? He beat the shit out. Yeah, I mean, his father would beat the shit out of him asking the question like that. So, weird, yeah, but... I, and it's just my opinion, dude. I, I I wasn't fucking there. I don't know what the fuck he really did, but I, I feel like he was really just trying to fucking create good childhood memories for kids, and, and he thought he was a fucking kid at that point. His His brain was so fucking scrambled that he wanted to change what he looked like. He wanted to fucking change his age, you know, to be back a kid again and do it all over. And then on top of that, even that shit wasn't good enough. And he started to just try to numb himself. He tried to fucking put himself to sleep like, like surgeries. He was doing like the same sedation that they use for fucking surgeries. He had a surgery room in his fucking house and a doctor paid to just fucking 
sedate this motherfucker on some high-level medical shit. That's how fucked up this dude's head was, based on his fucking childhood. So, I don't give a fuck about that dude, and um, I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, I mean, Mike died. I mean, that dude was the fucking king of pop, no question about it. And uh, he just fucking tortured. So, yeah. Um, So, on to the next. Uh, Gene, of course, with the GCW questions uh, flying in. Uh, GCW NYC show with Janela versus Hakushi, uh, PCO versus Riddle, Gage versus Haku. Um, we'll start with that. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really... You know, them going to New York, I think, is a good deal. I said it as soon as I saw the announcement, and uh, Shaheen hit me up, was like, dude, they're fucked in New York. If Starland, you'd think Starland was hard. They, you know, Athletic Commission in New York is, uh, they can't handle I said, dude, you know, they're, they're just going to book like a, you know, like a, you know, Allentown level show, only with more fucking talent. Like, they're, they're going to just stock the fucking show. They're not going to do a death match on it. That's not, that's not what they're aiming to do it's gonna be a killer fucking show and you know they they booked the shit out of some talent so go for that hakushi I, I don't really have any feelings for hakushi man yeah like you know name and nostalgia and shit and they do a lot of that with janela they'll they'll pull a fucking um canadian destroyer spot and they'll do it yeah I, I got nothing for that the um gauge haku shit is fucking dope i just you know i I really like Haku, so, um, yeah, to see him engage and engage in, like, full gauge mode, you know, would be dope, you know, really going all out, uh, PCO and real, that's, that's a badass matchup, too, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure they're gonna put on a great show, they'll fucking pack that shit out there, too, um, they really hit a stride now that when they're hitting new markets and stuff, for the most part, they're landing in the right spots, and they're packing fucking houses, which brings me to the Chicago show, the NGI 2, was uh, moved to Chicago. And not really moved, but it was scheduled for Chicago when everybody in Jersey expected they're getting another deathmatch tournament. Uh, the thing about it is, is first off, you just got your deathmatch tournament in Tournament of Survival. Uh, I know, you know, the Northeast and Jersey fans have gotten spoiled because they were getting two. GCW was just hitting them with fucking deathmatch tournament after deathmatch tournament. The shows were like deathmatch tournaments in between. But as I said before, the clock is ticking on that shit. Like, that shit is not just fucking welcome everywhere. When they lost Game Changer World, they lost the ability to just do whatever the fuck they want in the building every month. And, um, you know, they pulled off that Starland Ballroom shit, but, you know, not without its flaws. You know, the the building was on lockdown, the people couldn't go back outside, you know, this and that, no fucking tailgating, no this, that. So, it wasn't something they could go back to. They, They weren't going back to that building. Um... At least not not with the same purpose. If if they did go back to Starland, not saying they never could, because I don't know the inner workings of GCW, but I think if they went back to Starland, it would be the under the understanding of probably uh, a regular show. But who knows if they're welcome back at this point after that uh, crazy ass tournament? Um. So Chicago, man, the last show they went to Chicago for uh, I forget what the fuck they called that. But, um, look, I mean, they packed a fucking house in Chicago. They were able to do whatever the fuck they want. They packed a house in Chicago. 
they're a hundred percent smart for doing the fucking NGI two in Chicago. I know the fans over here don't like it, but look, I mean, get the fucking DVD, understand that the company's growing and doing big fucking things in another market. And if there is such heat between CZW, GCW, uh, cop callers, whatever the fuck you want to say, as far as, you know, this building not working in this way, but let, let's be fucking honest when it comes to this deathmatch shit, like you gotta, I mean, I know Deep South is not, not a great example, but like Deep South, they were just using like burner buildings, like fucking phones, like like drug dealers with phones. They were just like burner building, like, all right, we'll be here this year, not welcome back there. We'll find another spot next year. Go to next year, not welcome back there. Next year, we'll find another spot, not welcome back. Now, GCW has been able to hold on to a fucking spot for quite some time, but when it comes down to the level of fucking violence they're doing, and hey, they're not doing anything to make fucking friends with their, their other companies around there. They could stand on the mic and go, there's no feud and this and that. They're, I mean, they're they're following CZW into the buildings they're running. They're fucking putting the school next door, the talent, trade. Come on, let's not be stupid. Um, you know, there, there's there's no love lost between the two of them. So to so to go over there and do something in Chicago where there there is no CZW, there's no issue, there's no this or that. They're just going to pack a fucking house, put on a great fucking show again. Their deathmatch tournaments are top-notch. They're, they're fucking BJW-level craziness. They, you know, they keep stepping up the violence. So, you get the fucking DVD. Uh, you know that, that fucking kid, uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking uh, Jerkoff and Friends, whatever. Uh, TJ and Friends, yeah. He, um, he's a good dude. I call everybody a Jerkoff. Don't take offense. Um, or do I shit um he uh he you know that this fucking guy will have a stream up like that fucking night i mean he he's personally doing a better job of fucking ipaper viewing and streaming than czw has done in the past fucking five years hands down so believe me you guys won't be without it you just won't be able to fucking attend it unless you want to go to chicago fucking go to chicago then you know um and then Tremont leaving CCW is another uh, topic that uh, Shaheen put up there. I don't buy it, personally. Um, maybe I'm wrong. It's my personal opinion. I, don't, I think it's a gimmick. I think it's an angle. Complete work. Um, Tremont is not a guy to shit on a company. He's not. This dude could have the, the most ill will for a company. He could have the biggest beef. They could fuck him over and over and over and over. That dude is the type of dude to fucking keep it in. Maybe go home and tell uh, Christy Curb Stomp about that shit. I'm sure. I'm sure she's heard a lot of fucking burying people in the house. But when it comes to putting it out in public, Tremont won't do it. He won't do it. He's one of the most fucking respectful, um, humble dudes. He doesn't play fucking politics. He just fucking does what he does out there. And he's one of the highest respected guys in the independent wrestling business. Um, so for him to go out there and say that he's been in CZW for a long time, he's been the main guy, and he's being treated like a B player, and it's time to walk away, and he's going to have one more match. Again, it could be me. I don't even watch the shit. I think it's a work. I really do. Um... Tremont putting it out there publicly like that. I I just, I don't buy it. 
So that that's my opinion on that. He even did it in the the Father Matthew Tremont gimmick too. He came back with that at uh, Asbury. And um, that you know the thing is with that too, he was vocal about not being happy. You know he said it in a couple places, and I believe on my podcast too that um, he wasn't happy that the Father Matthew Tremont gimmick was scrapped. I mean, there there very well could be legitimacy to this, um, you know, parting from CZW. He is definitely focusing on the H2O prog, uh, product, and he's doing a hell of a fucking job. You know, they went out there, they fucking locked down that building over there. They're doing, like, major renovation in the building. It's a little tiny joint, but, I mean, they're doing major shit over there. And uh, I hope they add, like, more toilets, because there's one fucking toilet in the entire building. And uh, if you're going to pack it in 200 people, you know, uh, and a bunch of wrestlers and shit, it's, that's a rough bathroom situation. I guess I get Porter John's outside or something, but that's even kind of rough. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, and check them out. I think their show's got to be coming up, that uh, big fucking Kid Osborne Schlack showdown. Uh, Schlack's cutting crazy fucking promos. Kit's doing, like, a fucking Facebook Live every five minutes to talk, talk shit to the Deathmatch fans, which is pretty funny. That I think they're doing a really good job with that on both sides. Schlack just being fucking crazy-ass Schlack, and, and fucking Kit just trolling the shit out of these fucking Deathmatch marks. It, it's fucking awesome. Um... So, uh, yeah, it'll be good. I, I think it'll be very good. Um, let me see. You know, let me take a break. Check on some shit as far as, uh, yeah, I, someone had this next topic and I want to pull up, a uh, a link real quick. Plus, rest my voice for a second. So, all right, I'll be right back. He'll play his clip. Live and direct. Strictly. It's all about money. Everything's the same. Saratoga ass. Representing. Smooth the hustler click. Next level. Check it. Up. What you heard, my word to be, third degree, man, Florida, see felony, class A burglary, you heard of me, the massacre, moving after ya, the faster ya, the harder I'ma pull a trigger to cast for ya, niggas know the style now, smooth the wild child, wild style, 95, I'm down now, they say I'm foul now, fuck y'all, cause I've been rocking since, pinstripe leaves, 560 MBs, for those that think they house and shit, I'm stopping rent, your title don't concern me, you're learning order to burn me, you gotta get open, cause I close deals like A&R's and attorneys Without the delay, no replay In rap divisions, I hold more records than my DJ No relays, I'm running marathons for being sick Put Jerry Lewis with the click Now he sell tapes at a telethon Bring the illest nigga, the realest nigga, the fearless nigga I send them home to his Bruce Willis nigga saying We got the killers, nigga Fuck what you heard Hit the brown bell, wild killer Project Strangler, blood filler Fuck what you heard Hit the brown bell, wild I always knew I had 
Big Willie potential. Drop the raps on tracks. Drop the tracks on wax. Nash official. I crash you. Who gassed you? Niggas talking out of turn and out their ass too. Nigga who asked you? I blast you. How screams turn the yodels. Can't you see my notorious big gun? I pack a lead the total. The master structure. Cast conductor. Class instructor. You cross the hustler's path at last, motherfucker. I got that ass. The hostage holder. The ransom note tape with CB4 explosives with my name written across the folder. Smooth the hustler rep and strictly keep my weapon with me. Nigga stepping quickly, die quicker when I'm high, nigga. Hold up. Whoever wanna rumble, fuck the rumors and all that bullshit. When you see me bring it, if you ain't shut the fuck up. I stuck up. Lucky charms. Mad him at the rainbow. Caught the pot of gold. And it's four leaf clover. Fuck this luck up. My hell niggas from the avenue ain't having you. Slip up. I'm quick to throw the clip up and start crabbing. Fuck what you heard. It's a brown bill. Wild killer. Project strangular. Blood spiller. Fuck what you heard. From Saratoga Ave, get more letters than that Abbey bitch. Straight out of Brooklyn like Maddie Brit. It's suicidal, taking my title, cause my freestyle recital was vital. Silly and more slicker than Billy Idol. I'm breaking herbs down better than stick chips with clutches. Stiff dick touches clips like Brownsville lips to Duchess. I'm nothing to fuck with, you couldn't oppose this. Hill niggas be taking ABs while I be splitting C's like a Moses. I lyrically kill shit, so grab the red tape. I turn live niggas to dead weight, so get that head straight. Gangsta niggas talk the wrong shit, fuck rapping and living. Fuck who you down with, who you know. Know what did a song with? I'm out for self. The streets got me hip, so I pack steel. My rap open ears to keep me GQ to the tip. I flip and break food. I throw the mother. Plan niggas soft. They break north 'cause I come off like a used rubber. Fuck what you heard. It's a brownfield wild killer. Project Strangler, blood spiller. Fuck what you heard. It's a brownfield wild killer. Project Strangler, blood spiller. Fuck what you heard. Trigger nigga, ruckus click, punishers, DR period, my nigga digger, my man Bob, Christ, Red Sam, smooth the hustler, Saratoga ad representing. All right, so let's talk about the IWA Mid-South King of Kings um, tournament that is supposed to happen November 9th and 10th, 2018 in the Memphis Trading Post in Memphis, Indiana. Um, Now, the initial pitch for this tournament was a tournament full of Major tournament winners, only major tournaments. He was very um, specific about that with intention to take shots at some of these tournaments, which he later on. uh... Now, before I get into this, because I have a lot of, uh, I guess, negative shit to say, um, I am a big Ian Rotten fan. I am a, uh, I am on very good terms with Ian Rotten. I like, I like Ian very much. 
and um, I enjoy having him on the show all the time, which is, you know, something I, I plan on continuing to do. Um, I always call shit as I see it. Um, this in specific is some bullshit. And um, I, I just, I got to talk about it. I got to talk about it honestly. Because when the concept was put out there, it was, this will be the tournament of all tournaments. This will be not just your average King of Death match, which is, you know, a pretty brave statement when Ian step, steps out and says that, look, like, we're not putting any filler in this. Legitimately, that's what he said. Not putting any filler in this. Only the top of the top. Only, th- that's why this is the king of all kings. Like, the king of all king of the death match. You know, the king of all death matches. That's what this was supposed to be. You had to have won a major deathmatch tournament in the past in order to qualify. And there will be, I think, four fan-voted deathmatch wrestlers that can get into this tournament that don't fit that qualification. Now, um... You would think, now, this this is not, hey, here's a new upcoming guy. I think he's pretty fucking good. No, we're talking other deathmatch heavy hitter superstars that belong in the field of deathmatch tournament winners, okay? Someone had mentioned, um, amongst the initial talk, someone had mentioned Josh Crane, which is ridiculous, and that person should reconsider uh, their opinion on anything, because Josh Crane doesn't belong around a fucking wrestling ring, let alone uh, around some of the best in any genre of wrestling. So, um, they mentioned him, and he said, no, sorry, I said deathmatch tournament winners, and they're like, but he won Carnage Cup, and he's like, yeah, no, I said major deathmatch tournament. So, he shit on Carnage Cup, as expected. And, um, which I respected. I was like, good, fuck Carnage Cup. Fuck everything that they've done over there. Even, you know, some of their early tournaments were fucking stacked. I f- fuck their legacy because look what they've done. Uh, they continue to put deathmatch wrestling at risk with their recklessness. They have fucking fans over there with hard alcohol in one hand, fucking sitting ringside, and then asking those fucking people to help them string up fucking razor wire ropes. Yeah, I mean, so if that's the type of shit you're doing, you're putting deathmatch wrestling as a whole at risk, and I don't give a fuck about you. So if people, um, you know, shit on them and what they do and their legacy and what they stand for, then good. I'm all for that. Um, well, here's the field as it stands now, and we'll we'll pause when we, when we need to. Um, John Wayne Murdoch, all right. He's one king of the deathmatch. I can't read off all these guys' uh, accomplishments. It's just just what I remember off the top of the head. I don't remember what years or anything like that. Uh, Cyclope, who just won Tournament Survival. Now, most recent tournament winner. Tournament Survival, he wins, right? Masada. I mean, what hasn't he fucking won? Masada has won just about everything under the sun. He clearly belongs in, in this. Matt Tremont making his return to deathmatch tournaments, which is pretty fucking serious since, uh, well, he just stopped doing them last year. So, uh, Matt Tremont being in there, that is definitely a heavy hitter in deathmatch tournaments. Okay, and then the next one I have a problem with. Scotty Vortex. Scotty Vortex won uh, Tournament of Death. I don't remember what year. 
over J.C. Bailey in the finals. J.C. Bailey should have won it. That was his only opportunity to win Tournament of Death, and uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, Scotty Vortex got the Tournament of Death win, as well as the CCW title, as an apology from DJ for almost killing him by allowing plate glass in the ring during um, the, what the fuck was that, high stakes? Um, I think it was high stakes. Uh, fuck, was that it? I think it was high stakes. But it was um, it was a match that him and Drake had, and crazy shit, glass everywhere, and this and that, and for whatever reason, there was fucking plate glass in the ring, and it, and it fucking could have killed him. It cut him real bad on the fucking wrist. Could have killed him, missed his neck by inches. Um, so following that, he got the, the title, the world title, who, which he carried terribly. He, he never belonged being a world title holder. Um, Scotty Vortex was a good mid-carder. Um, you know, he came along with Drake, so he got a lot, a lot of opportunities that he probably wouldn't have gotten if he wasn't Drake's buddy. Um, I always liked Scotty, you know what I mean? But I always thought that, you know, a person has a role. Like, you know, there's a ceiling on a lot of people and where they should be and where they shouldn't be. So when people get pushed into a, a role they don't belong in, uh, again, I'm going to talk about it. Scotty never belonged being a world champion. He always walked out there like he found that shit on the way in. Like, there was no charisma, there was no anything. He walked around like, could you fucking believe they gave me this shit? And then he'd have, you know, a decent match, but nothing world title caliber. Not at all. Uh, Not a good world champion. Um, And, and again, tournament of death, yeah, okay. But the the fucking guy has been away from wrestling for a long time now. He's been away from wrestling for years. I think he popped back in for something here and there. Uh, Scotty also wasn't the most clean wrestler in the world as far as, uh, you know, not botching shit. I remember a match he had, a tournament of death. Uh, I don't know if it was that year. Maybe it was, nah, I don't think it was that year. But he had a match with um, Lucky 13 and some of just, <laughs> tremendous amount of botches in that match. It was some kind of ladder match. And uh, holy fuck, man. Uh, that had like all these crazy spots where like, how did you think that was going to work? And just like... <laughs> Silly looking shit. So, with his absence from the ring, and, you know, what he actually brought to the table back then. I think this is, this is again, this is a nod to Drake. This is, a, you know, we're putting Drake's buddy in there, and isn't that remember him. But Scotty Vortex, if we're talking about the best of all deathmatch wrestlers of deathmatch wrestlers, you, Scotty Vortex, really, in 2018? Okay. I don't agree at all. Next up, Insane Lane. Okay, Insane Lane, number one, uh, his credits are Carnage Cup. The same thing that you said Fat Josh Crane couldn't be in because of. You're putting even fatter Insane Lane in. Insane Lane is absolute trash in the ring. Absolute trash. Uh, He had some matches a couple years ago, 2015, King of the Death. Uh, He had a match against Sexy Eddie, first round. Absolute trash. He walked around like like a cripple, like slow motion walking around the ring. You can call that methodical if you want. It was fucking trash. He had a couple matches at um, Carnage Cup previous to that. Absolute fucking trash. Terrible, terrible fucking matches. This dude can't can't go anymore. Um, there was a, a time that he had a couple good matches. A couple. I think to his career, he had a couple good matches, and I think they were back like 2008. 
So we're talking 10 years removed from that. He's been on some crazy on and off depression shit. He's been on some crazy racist shit online. He, um, he's fatter than ever, fatter than fucking ever. Uh, they said something, Ian said something like, oh, I can't wait till he proves you wrong. First off, he retired like fucking last month and was on Facebook for like a half hour live selling shit out of his house, like wrestling figures and his gear. He sold his gear, which, you know, consisted of a t-shirt and gym shorts. So I'd imagine he could find another t-shirt and gym shorts, luckily. And, uh, and like a, a plastic Hannibal Lecter mask. Um, and a fork, which, I mean, you'd probably find that right in the kitchen. Um, you know, uh, this, this is, this is like fresh off the fucking, I want to walk away from this. I want to sell all the pictures off my wall. So I don't remember wrestling and like, and then it's like, yeah, heavy hitter, insane lane coming to the, Oh, you, you said no filler, man. This is as filler as filler gets. And previous to him retiring, he canceled off a lot of shows because, like, he couldn't make it there. He's a single father, and, you know, he's taking care of his kid and all of that. And you know, I can't knock anything about that. But, you know, it really depended on the week and the month and the day on whether he was able to make it to a show to disappoint fans when he got there. It's He's he's not fucking valuable as a deathmatch wrestler. So if you're going to try to sell to me a super deathmatch tournament, a a mega card, a fucking unstoppable force of a deathmatch tournament, like nothing you've seen before, and you put Insane Lane on it, you lose credibility. I I don't care how much you believe in Insane Lane and give me this bloody brother shit. Get the fuck out of here. Guaranteed you, if he shows up, if he shows up, his match is trash. Absolute trash. Uh, Next up, Homeless Jimmy. Solid, man. This fucking dude... Um. He was around fucking early XPW. This dude was in Tournament of Death 1. Taking the fucking assault driver off the fucking truck from Mondo. Um, This dude came back in this past year, two years, and just fucking set shit on fire. As if, like, this dude's got fresh legs. I think he's retiring, I think. After this year or something, I don't know. I I thought I saw retirement shit of him not too long ago, but, um... I mean, he, he's doing insane shit out there. He's very innovative with the fucking shopping cart and the shit he does with that. Um, he's still taking crazy fucking bumps out there. The dude's a good wrestler. He can really put shit together out there. Um, I, I like Homeless Jimmy a lot, and I think he 100% belongs in this tournament. Um, G. Raver. I think he just won the on-point wrestling uh, survival of the sickest. Uh, one of the best out there. I mean, the dude is, like, really good fucking lucha type wrestler and he does some of the sickest shit you'll ever see in the fucking ring so as far as like new upcoming you know guys he's been around a little bit but uh you know he's out there doing major shit i mean this this is one of those guys you want in your tournament so if you know he qualifies via on point wrestling fucking deathmatch tournament great and absolutely belongs there carnage garbage another complete fucking trash i think he's from that uh california promotion over there the UEW or whatever the case is, absolute trash. Nothing, nothing fucking redeeming about him. So you lose cre- credibility there. So now they've started out the fan voting. And here's where you lose me even more. They have done voting, and uh, here, here's the list they post. Vote on this status, 
and the top four vote getters will be voted into King of All Kings. One name per vote. Any votes with multiple names will not be counted. We had three men tie for the eighth spot, so we extended the field to the top ten. Here, here's the names. Angry Dad John Rockhold. First off, we're talking about the fucking kings. The fucking kings of all kings. The fucking the, the top deathmatch wrestlers that we can possibly put in this tournament. No filler. There's a guy called fucking Angry Dad you're trying to put in this fucking thing. The fucking the Homer Simpson fucking mock cartoon that they had. <laughs> where, where, where she was doing the comic strips where he was a fucking dickhead. Uh, angry Dad. That's what that's what we're fucking angry. We're trying to put Angry Dad into the fucking tournament. Okay. Next up. Oren Veet. I don't, I'm probably definitely ruining that fucking guy's name. And who gives a fuck? Because who is this? Who is this? King of all kings, right? Who the fuck? I've never heard of this guy before. You don't put up and comers in this if you're talking about no filler. Absolutely. Absolutely should be in there. And that's the guy you put into the fucking tournament via fan boat. Rob Marsh. I don't know a ton about him. I He's been... I think he's been filler in a bunch of deathmatch in a bunch of King of the Death matches before. So again, if you started this with no filler and you've used that specific guy for filler before, maybe we're heading in the wrong direction. Uh, Casanova Valentine, uh, I guess he did uh, he did so so with TOD. I guess he's doing some shit with those no ring matches and shit out there. I, I don't know. Again, I think we're still talking up and coming, not just like the top fucking guys. Schlack, absolutely. Fair vote in. Crane, Schlack, have to be in. Have to be in. Alex Colon, another fucking solid... You know, be careful with the fans. Uh, Alex Colon, another solid guy to put into this fucking tournament that's going to tear it up. He's been doing this shit for a little while. Um, Very innovative. uh, Dangerous to the fans. Um, Could cost your booking a little bit more than you expected. like, Like it did DJ. Um, that was an expensive booking on his end. Um, he cost, I don't know, uh, 700 on my end and then like another, whatever he paid him that day. So that, that was an expensive booking for him. Um, Jeff Cannonball. Yeah, maybe, you know, I mean, Jeff, if he can get enough fan support, I can't see why not. He's been doing his shit long enough and, uh, I can't see why not. Here's where the whole fucking tournament should just be shut down and they should just, just fucking, that's it. Nick Gage. Let me just say that shit one more time. Nick Gage. Okay. King of all Kings, all the best deathmatch tournaments in the world. Uh, you have to win a deathmatch tournament to get in. Oh shit. What did Nick Gage win? Oh yeah. King of the deathmatch in fucking IWA this year. How the fuck is he a fan boat? Here, here's the only way that you don't put fucking Nick Gage in this tournament. He's booked. He won't work. Something along those lines. Not a fucking chance in hell. You don't. You put him up for fan vote on whether he wants to get. That's where you know the fan vote is, is completely fixed. When you just go like, all right, well. We'll make sure the fans vote Gage in because they love Gage. But no, 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 no. By the standards of your tournament, 
he should be the first name on your fucking list because he's the last guy that won your fucking tournament. And if people listed the hottest fucking um, deathmatch wrestler right now, the the deathmatch wrestler that's the most seeked out right now in the United States, I, I really don't think that there's anyone that's going to say anything other than Nick fucking Gage. But you're going to have fans vote him in amongst fucking uh, angry dad and uncle fucker over here. What the fuck is going on, man? And Mance Warner is the last possible fan vote. And, and I, I don't think so, man. I, I don't know. I, I'm not really that impressed with the dude. Uh, he's all right. But um, yeah, I've heard a lot of hype for him, and I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, he's got charisma and all that. I don't think he's a bad worker or anything like that. He hasn't done anything that really blew my fucking mind. I didn't think this tournament of death match was great. Uh, I haven't seen a ton of his stuff, so I can't say that he's terrible or anything like that. But, I, I don't, again, we're talking best death match wrestlers, a fucking tournament like you've never seen before, no filler, all the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. Hey, fans, uh, I don't know. Do you think you want to see Nick Gage? Like, get out of here with that shit, pandering bullshit. So I don't like that at all. I don't like the way that they're, they're going about that, and you completely lose credibility. Putting Insane Lane in voluntarily and making the fans vote Nick Gage in the fuck out of here yeah because carnage belongs in there but we're not sure fans you think nick gage belongs in there come come on in come on on the uh bright side of things iwa mid-south tomorrow i believe presents guardians of hardcore 2 uh hey man I, I saw somewhere with the fucking stipulations and shit. Let me find it. Uh, scroll down just a little bit. That guy looks fucking silly. Hmm, let me see. There we go. Stips announced. Uh, barbed wire boards, barbed wire bat. Dysfunction versus Cody Rice. Dysfunction's a guy that I, I think he's won a deathmatch tournament before. Uh, fucking Dysfunction being that shit because he's a guy that, that was a veteran in deathmatch wrestling and you, you would put him in, I would think. I don't know. Uh, Devin Moore versus Eric Ryan, Electrified Light Tubes. I think Aaron Ryan, Eric Ryan should be another guy fan voted in, if anything. Not, you know, uh, Angry Dad. Um... Main event, no rope, barbed wire, house of pain, light, light tubes surrounding the ring. Uh, Nick Gage defends his title against uh, Bryant Woods. And, and I hope he, he fucking removes Bryant Woods from the wrestling business in this fucking match. Because Bryant's going to drop him on his fucking head at some point or another. And I hope Nick gets severely fucking offended by it. Home run derby match, Arrow Boy versus John Wayne Murdoch. Fans bring the weapons in intergender tag match. This is going to be a good one. Fucking Schlack and Maria Manic tagging up. Maria making her debut in IWA Mid-South against Marcus Crane and Ludark. That's going to be fucking good. Um, Barefoot Pandora's box death match. Four mystery boxes. Uh, foot destruction. I hate fucking feet and I hate barefoot anything. Um... Yeah, like G Raver versus Reed Bentley. So, um, 
Yeah, I just hate the barefoot thing. Uh, World Series of Glass, J.C. Rotten versus Oren Vredate. Vite. So he's another one of the, you know, fan, fan vote. Um, Barboire. I said that already, didn't I? Hmm. Yeah, so, uh, and then you got, uh, Battle of the Princes, which isn't really, uh, well, I guess, Prince of the Death Match. Dale Patrick's versus Amazing Maria, so. I mean, crazy, crazy shit they got lined up there. That's that's gonna be a crazy show. That's tomorrow. And uh, yeah, check that out if you're over there. Um, now let me get back to the uh, my topics. All right, uh, where the fuck am I? Okay. Uh, Taylor Hendricks allegations. Apparently, uh, she is uh, alleging that Jay Lethal was trying to fuck her and ruined her career because she wouldn't. Something along those lines. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any legitimacy to this. Um, possible. I mean, wrestling business is fucking gross. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot of just dirty motherfuckers out there. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know what the fuck goes on. Uh, Jay Lethal's always been kind of weird. Um, and I can't say weird and like, a, you know, doing dirty shit to chicks. Because I don't know him like that. It just always just seemed fucking strange to me. Um, and then uh, Taylor Hendricks, I mean, one of the most attractive women in professional wrestling. But seems fucking off. Seems way off. Not that long ago, she was saying some shit about being a better worker than Joey Janela or some shit like that. And look, you know, Joey doesn't like me at all, but by no stretch of the imagination am I going to say that he's not a better worker than fucking Taylor Hendricks. Like, let's not be fucking silly. Um, I've never really uh, accused Joey Janela of not being a good worker or anything like that. Um... So, you know, and she's saying all sorts of shit, and, you know, it should have been, uh, this and this, and he, like, really trying to belittle his career, like, all he ever did was impersonate legends, and that's the only thing he's famous for, and this and that, and, like, yeah, I mean, he might have made a big fucking name for himself impersonating Flair to Flair, but who the fuck wouldn't, and, and, by the way, he fucking nailed that shit, um, but, it gets weird when she starts with the shit where, like, he's never done anything except for that, and that's all he's worth, and, like, Jay Lethal's a pretty goddamn good wrestler. Yeah, I mean, let's let's not get it fucked up. So, I don't know. I don't know what she did. I don't know what he did to her. I don't know anything about that. Um, the shitty sound quality of indie wrestling shows. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems like everybody took a step back. Every, uh, you know, sometimes the CTW shows will come on and it'll sound like the guy's going to blow the fucking speaker through the commentary. And then when the guy gets on the mic in the ring, you can't even fucking hear it. And it's, it's all over the place. It's fucking stupid. Um, do I think GCW has a leaf self-aware fan base in the history of wrestling? Yeah, I don't know. Like just the way that the fans act in 2018 for the most part. And GCW is a good fucking uh, example of that. It's just it's the type of people I just don't want to be around. So I can't really speak too much for what they're about. But, like, you go into, like, those deathmatch groups, and it's just, like, such a large gathering of people that don't need to exist to me. Like, it really... 
the, my world would be no no fucking different if they none of them were born you know um uh change of venue for the ngi and the complaints again uh, you know like i already touched on that and i i think it's a good move um GCW running the same venue in Asbury. The CCW has done two shows at. Do you think that bothers DJ at all? Uh, I don't know what bothers DJ because DJ doesn't give a shit about CCW for the most part. Uh, Just to segue a little bit, if you go listen to I Got Your Five Stars with uh, Jeremy uh, Nickerson over there, uh, or he calls himself Professor J., uh, go go listen to that. He did a review that he went to that uh, Asbury show. And, uh, you know, he, he was very disappointed with it. And that's that's the type of show the CCW is running. That's, that's what they're doing. They gave some people false hope, which, uh, hey, man, I, I can't not laugh at you, you know, thinking that if uh, you think that they put on a bang in TOD and they were going to bounce back off of that and then start running great shows that weren't TOD, eh, that's, that's a little too hopeful for that. Um, so, yeah, they... They completely uh, shit on the fans with that uh, return to Asbury. The venue's dope, and the shows are not. Um, GCW doesn't give a fuck as far as CZW goes. You know, they they just keep smacking them. You know, they just say, ah, we'll just go running that, that building. Oh, you like that building? Yeah, yeah, us too. Uh, GCW's going to go in there, and they're going to put on a better show than CZW did. Hands down. So, uh, fuck what DJ feels, and fuck what, what bothers him. What should bother him is the lack of attendance. What should bother him is the fucking negative criticism of CZW that's become the overwhelming overwhelming majority. What what should bother him is is when other companies who showed up well well after him are outdoing him in so many different things from fucking show quality to to the ability to fucking stream things through the internet. To, to the video production, to, to everything, to fan experience, to just, just across the fucking board. Those type of shits you bother DJ. Not so much what GCW is doing every minute, but what should bother him is what the fuck his company is viewed like in 2018. Um... Pondo's book. I I don't know a whole lot of po- about Pondo's book. I know he's looking for podcasts to go on. So um, I don't know. Maybe I mean you know, I've had Pondo on before. It was good. Um, if I could think of like a line of questioning, maybe you know if any of you guys have like a bunch of questions, you could private message me. I really got to come up with a good good chunk of shit, you know, to talk to him about because I don't want to just you know be spinning plates. Uh, I, you know, I, I haven't like read the book to fucking ask him about it. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of awkward because you you don't want to just give away everything in the book, but I mean, if we're talking about the book, then I kind of want to hear about what's in the book, um, without giving it away. I, I don't know how that comes off, but, um, again, I'm not opposed to it at all. Um, I mean, Pondo getting a book, I mean, he's accomplished a ton of shit. He's been all over the place. Um, I, I wish him the best of luck with it. Uh, let me see. And, uh, Shaheen's bird experience. Now this, this I want to talk about, and I, I kind of skipped over a couple, uh, skipped over that to hit a couple other things real quick, because I definitely want to give this dude some credit. Um, 
Shaheen of the Hot Tag Podcast over there, a friend of mine. Um, yeah, we formerly of the uh, Yakuza Kick Hot Tag Podcast collaboration show company. Um, we haven't done that in quite some time, and uh, I have my reasons for that. I'm not really going to go too far into it. I'm trying to give the dude credit here. Um, but he, uh, he's got like a, a lot of animals, like in intruding his house over there. Um, it, it seemed to be invading and, uh, he doesn't have really like the best, uh, animal security system. Like he's got holes in his house and stuff and they came in. Uh, so he, he tells me, he hits me up on, I think Saturday and he's like, yo man, I got fucking birds in my wall and uh i gotta get them out you know like i'm trying to save these birds they're stuck in there i can't get and like he's he's like semi-panicked he's fucking he's like dude i'm busting holes in my walls and shit so he's he's busting holes and i'm not talking about like baseball size holes i'm talking about like if you wanted to fit like your tv into your wall like if you wanted to turn your flat panels tv sideways and you want to feed like your your 52 inch tv into the wall he would he he was creating holes that you can do that with (laughs) like big fucking stupid holes like (laughs) like so big and he's like busting these fucking holes in his walls to try to save these birds and uh he, he said no man i don't know because you know i busted these holes and everywhere i thought they were they weren't and this and that and he's trying to fucking find them and uh, so he finally finds where they are. And apparently he he learned of another intruder in the house because he found pretty much a family of slaughtered birds. And uh, he showed me pictures of it and his live video and stuff. And I told him, no, that, that's, uh, that's got to be a rat. The rat's pretty much the only thing that would do that. Like he's got some giant snake under his house or something. He's, he's got a... Uh, you know, random things like that. Um, but the way that, I mean, there was like headless birds and fucking like a bird head and just like shredded feathers, anything that's, that's bigger. First off, a snake would just eat the whole thing. Um, we're going to stop talking about snakes now cause I don't like them. Um, and then, uh, you know, like a possum or a raccoon or anything like that. Again, it's going to be more eat the whole thing type of business. It's not going to be like annihilate an animal and leave it there, and, uh, this is, this is kind of what happened with the, uh, that's what happened with rats, they'll, they'll fucking viciously attack something, and they'll probably eat part of the body, but then that's, that's it, um, so it looked like 100%, you know, business of a rat, and, uh, he, he later verified that he, he saw the tail of something that must have been a rat run into his house one day, which is, uh, strange enough, you know, said he just saw the tail like heading into his house <laughs> like <laughs> so um so there's that uh so there was one bird left that was not eaten by his his new pet rat and uh he man this dude just kept busting fucking holes and busting holes in his fucking house the shit is shit is crazy <laughs> and uh he's posting live videos and this dude's fucking sweating like a motherfucker and shit uh <laughs> he's he's out there just like panicking trying to get this fucking bird and save the bird like this is the thing like you know when people say oh i love animals and this and that you know there's always like a there's an understandable like you really can't argue with someone that says look man like 
I love animals, but I'm not going to bust 18 holes in my walls. And it was like, yeah, I mean, I can't tell you like you should, or you're a dick, but, but I surely respect the motherfucker that, that goes the extra fucking distance and goes, I don't care what I got to do to this house to get this poor bird out of here. I, I, I mean, you got to respect that shit. Um, if you're an animal lover. So he fucking gets the bird and he's like, I, I got to bring it somewhere. I don't know what to fucking do. And, and all this. And, uh, He's like, you know, what do I do? So I tell him, you know, well, you know, there's those wildlife rehabilitators. You want to get the bird to a wildlife rehabilitator. But for the meantime, what you can do is you could soak dry dog food in water until it's mushy and you can feed the bird like that. You know, it'll get its moisture from that because you don't want to put pure liquid in there. It could aspirate, you know, and uh, it'll die that way. But it'll get its moisture from, from the, you know, wet dog food that you give it. And, uh, that's, you know, it'll survive. It'll get nutrition. It'll get its, uh, you know, it'll get its food. So it was doing really good. Perked the fuck up. It's chirping. He's like, dude, this fucking bird thinks I'm, <laughs> I'm its mom. Like, he's all excited and shit. It was a really fucking cool experience to see him, you know, have over there. You know, where I work, we have it all the time. And we'll have, um, you know, the, the side office up front. It'll just be like five, six birds in there any given day. And, you know, especially, like, uh, early spring, with baby squirrels, possums, raccoons, mice, fucking, you know, babies of all sorts. And there's different things that you're feeding all sorts of these. So this is, like, very, very commonplace for me. But, you know, for someone, you know, that's just trying to help an animal and doing something they haven't really done before and just willing to do what they, they got to do is, um, you know, something I respect a lot. And he was, he was doing very well with them. And uh, Monday, he was really determined to find the wild, wildlife rehabilitator over there. And he had some numbers, and he was calling them, and the bird just kind of randomly died on him, um, which does very, very often happen. I mean, you have some that, man, they come in, and you're like, this bird is not going to make it. It is way too small. It's way too this. It doesn't look good. It's sick. It looks fucked up. And you know, a week goes by and you're like, holy shit, this bird, this bird is unstoppable. Other times you, you'll have these birds that look absolutely fine and perfect. And you'll come in the next morning and be like, oh, a bird died. And be like, what? That fucking bird? Like, no fucking way. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy the way, you know, when it comes to baby wildlife and stuff like that, some are going to make it and some aren't. And the best you could do is just, you know, try your hardest to, to do what you can, you know, sub in as, as the mom and, uh, you know, do what you can to try to save him. And I just got to give him a big shout out on that. Cause I, I really respect his effort. You know, obviously he didn't make it and everything, but I really, really respect the effort he put out there, you know, to, to help an animal like that. Cause, uh, you know, again, not everybody would do that. Not everybody has to, in order to even be a good person. You know, he, you can go a certain distance and go, look, I don't know anything about that. And you know, no one's going to be like, he's the worst person ever. Cause he didn't know how to raise him. <laughs> you know, like it's just, people to put in that extra effort and really, you know, go out of their way to help an animal like that. It, it, uh, it gets, it gets a certain level of respect for me, you know, especially in the line of work that I do. And, uh, yeah. So, so big shout out to Shane, check out the hot tag podcast, all of that stuff. Uh, and his, uh, what the fuck is he calling it now? Nuclear heat. I don't know what happened with hostile city graphics. I don't know if it's the same thing. I don't know if he cross linked those fucking things, but check out that shit. If you want some shit drawn, he does some shit with t-shirts and Redbubble and all of that good stuff. So, uh, check him the fuck out. Uh, like I said, and, and check out Jeremy on, I got you five stars.
Uh, I really think he needs to add an accent to that shit when he does his uh, intro or whatever the case is. Because he just, you know, he's a lot of times he's too laid back. He's like, hey, it's me, and I got your five stars. But hey, man, come on. I think I think the whole fucking point of that fucking uh that title is like a fucking attitude with it. Like you got to be from somewhere fucking irritating. <laughs> I don't know. It's just my own fucking. Jersey jerk-off attitude added to his fucking name of the show. Um, so, yeah, check out all that shit. Um, I think that's all I got. Uh, did, I, did I fucking miss anything? I mean, I don't think so. Um, yeah, so so that's that. Uh, I got in a bunch of talk, and uh, we'll see if uh, I can get one down next week. We'll see what goes on. Like I said, I got some races coming up. I uh, Oh, Another big fucking thing. This coming Sunday will be five years of sobriety for me. Um, I'm fucking very, very proud of that. I have never seen the world clearer than uh, than I've seen it in this past five years. Uh, I've really hit a place where I'm proud of what I do and I'm proud of who I am. Um, without any apologies, I'm very unapologetic about you know my feelings and and views on things and my way of executing. Uh, my opinions and just overall, just, just how I handle life. Obviously everyone's going to make mistakes and everything like that, but I think it's all pretty much in stride and things that I can, uh, I can stand behind. There was uh, definitely a good chunk of my life where, you know, I look back on it and uh, it was really, there's periods of my life where I was trying to be things I wasn't. Uh, there's periods of my life where, you know, I was just trying to drown every bit of fucking pain and, and, uh, memories and you know through addiction you really find you find a reason to do it you know if something good happens you're going to celebrate hey let's go get fucked up uh if you're sad you're mad i gotta get fucked up so it's like a never-ending cycle when you're in that type of mentality and um you know it's it's something that most people don't fucking get out of so I'm very proud of myself for, for what I have. You know, it it definitely, you know, it provides some tough times mentally here and there because, you know, what you did use as a crutch to get away from your struggles what was this, uh, you know, was your vice. For me, you know, wound up being alcohol. You know, I had periods where pills were an issue, but I never got to the level of, um, you know, really having to go out of my way and, like, buying them. And I never went near, like, heavier shit like Oxycontin or, or any of that type of heavy shit never snorted pills or any kind of crazy so just just to the extent of just getting my hands on a shitload of percocets and became like you know i'd say a reliant but at the, at the moment at the time i was uh they were at my disposal so it wasn't it wasn't something i had to go out of my way or do anything crazy to really find and it was a short period of time but uh what ended up being a you know long-term vice was the um was the alcohol, and uh, it just, like I said, uh, it, it gave you the opportunity to disappear sometimes, and, uh, you know, when your head was fucked up over this or that, or, you know, you're really being just beaten up by something, that that was that was the way to just fucking disappear, but it, the way it went for me, and I'm sure a lot of addicts, you, you would start out good, you'd start out feeling good, feeling happy, fucking life at a party, singing, dancing, all of that shit, and as the night went on and, and your numbers went up, 
as far as your consumption before you know it, that, that darkness set back in. And then all that shit you were upset about came back tenfold and, you know, it wasn't, wasn't nearly as, uh, tolerable. It wasn't, wasn't something you could harness whatsoever anymore. So again, having to learn to cope with, you know, everyday things where you found coping mechanisms before in a substance, it's definitely a different thing. And it sometimes it definitely leaves you with a little bit of an emptiness and a, a struggle to find answers, but you know, what I had before wasn't an answer. It never was. It was just kind of a, it was kind of a coward's way out. It was a, it was an escape. It was a, an illusion to distract you from, from reality for a little bit of time. So um, it, it's not something I miss whatsoever. Um, like I said, I'm really proud of five fucking years on Sunday. And I'm actually going to go out to the Bronx Zoo to celebrate because that's uh, pretty much my favorite place. This will be the first time this year going out there seeing the gorillas, which is my favorite thing to watch out there. And, um, yeah, I hope to have some topics or whatever the case is next week to chime in. If not, it will be the week after, which will be a race week in between Spartan and Mudder. Uh, so we'll see what goes on. Like I said, I got, uh, I got that on Sunday, Monday. I got my first, uh, consult for my next, uh, tattoo stuff that I'm starting in August. Uh, that's, that's finishing my Muppet sleeve on my left arm. So my right arm's fully sleeved. And uh, as soon as my race season is over, fucking go back in and start banging out this fucking right arm. It's going to be dope. Um, so yeah, I think that's about all I got at this point. Kind of babbling. Uh, talk to you motherfuckers next week. Maybe. Don't know. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired of rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and uh shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So... What I make you good? Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. I'm not. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. Choose a kid's radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.